if you spoke to any business advisors, they would just look at us and just shake their heads and say we're crazy. I guess we just had to sort of go on our own beliefs and passion and just work through that because it was such a unique, strange business model. We're going to start a vegan food truck in the Bross and give all our profits back to homeless shelters. People were like, well, you're not going to last six months. <laughs> it, it, it seemed like a crazy business model. Now through the um, investment model, we're giving opportunities to social investors to be able to get return on investments through co-living, co-working spaces, whilst we can also have that social impact and we can start being a solution to help end poverty and get um, Adelaide hopefully zero homelessness by 2020, I think, is a goal with the Don Dunstan Foundation. Welcome to episode 138 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help teach you how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Across the globe, we are experiencing a rise in organisations known as social enterprises. And according to social traders, these are businesses that trade to intentionally tackle social problems, improve communities, provide access to employment and training, or to help the environment. Forage Supply Co., established by two friends, Justin Westoff and Scott Rogash, is a social enterprise focused on environmental sustainability, building opportunities to help people live sustainably, and with a driving goal to deliver services that help reduce homelessness. They deliver a range of sustainable products, including Barossa Valley wines, vegan food trucks, and ethical clothing. Their latest project, is focused on building off-the-grid housing to help reduce homelessness. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Justin and Scott share how they brought together their passion for environmental sustainability and a desire to provide meaningful support for people in need via their social enterprise. They also discuss how they balance the need to make a profit to grow their business whilst at the same time donating time and money to support others in need. This is Justin and Scott's version of Be The Drop. Are you considering starting your own podcast? At Narrative Marketing, we deliver a full range of podcast production options. Or if you'd like help getting started to produce your own content, I also deliver podcast training programs. Hit the link in the show notes for more. Justin and Scott, thank you so much for joining me on our next episode of Be The Drop. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we're in the hills. It's it's not too cold yet, but I think it's turning. Winter is slowly, coming. Yeah, slowly turning. <laughs> now, to get us started, you've brought along your item of significance, and that's something that explains a bit about what you're doing and who you're connecting with. Yeah, well, this is a care pack that we've just put together for the Adelaide Fringe um, and it's uh, about a bit of a collaboration with like-minded companies and businesses that we like to do. So we ended up um, donating 100 of these care packs with um, Homey, which donated some shirts, Globlet, which donated some reusable water bottles, Sunbear Sunscreen, which donated sunscreen, and OTC Apparel, which um, donated some bags and we donated some socks. So went into the homeless shelter last Wednesday and I uh, gave these out to some clients out there. So that, uh, yeah, really sort of underpins our business of working together with like-minded companies. Mm. So tell us then a little bit about more about your business. What exactly are you doing and what services are you providing? Well, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a long story, but um, 
We love stories yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> We kind of started friends for a long time, grew up together. Scotty's parents were fortunate enough to buy a little bit of a block up Brossa Valley and we wanted to start a little bit of a wine label and we kind of just wanted a point of difference. Obviously, coming from the Brossa Valley, obviously wine's a big thing down there and we decided to start up a little food truck um, which we start in the Brossa Valley do a few events and it's fully vegan and plant-based so yeah I guess yeah we really wanted to sort of showcase um ways that individuals can have a small impact on the environment and a big impact on the community so it started with the wine where me and Westy's started turning the parents vineyard into just using organic practices and then yeah the food we sort of went into looking at the plant-based option which obviously has the smallest impact so, we, yeah, we launched a little food truck and with the social side, we wanted to make sure that the clients at Hut Street Centre and homeless shelters could get the same um, recommended dietary intake of five and two fruit and veg that we get. So we ended up um, donating plant-based meals back to homeless shelters as well as a part of the project. Then through that, we did a crowdfund and started a school-based community garden in the Brossa Valley where the kids now help us grow the produce and donate meals. So they get that um, idea of giving back to the community, but also the idea of where what's in season, where fruit and veg comes from, and the idea of how to grow it and how to plant it. Going forward onto that, we looked into another aspect of where, looking with the, um, the homeless shelters and the clients to make sure their clients have the opportunity to have good quality clothes that we have the opportunity to have. So we teamed up with Ethnical Sustainable Clothing Brand, got a grant through Beyond Bank to start up a little clothing venture. We also now have donated over 150 pieces of clothing to homeless shelters through this little venture, which then leads into our final little goal, which is build, where we've just uh, launched a little building company where we're building off the grid houses and working with homeless shelters to get sustainable and transitional housing so everyone can have an opportunity to own a home. Fantastic. But... Honestly, that's a lot of things. You know, it's enough to build businesses. You know, that's a challenge. But you're building multiple businesses and building that social enterprise aspect into that as well, um, which takes time and money. So how are you managing these the juggles? Well, that's probably been our biggest hurdle, probably starting up a business. And um, But we've probably come to a stage now where we've focused on a couple of things that we think can really help people in our community. And um, obviously, you can only give back so much. Um, we've probably just got to a stage now where we've kind of built that community up a little bit and uh, we're finding guys and companies who really want to help. And we're just kind of trying to create a platform where people can do that and um, and show and educate people on. It was a good way for us to learn how to run a business, I guess, really quickly. We sort of gave ourselves a, a degree in that very quick and just over time we're just learning on how to now make an impact, impact with the community but also have a commercial business as well so we can keep growing and make a bigger impact realistically is what we're after. Mm, I, I do find that aspect really interesting of, of social enterprise because you, you can have that passion and really want to do good but there has to be that profit aspect of it as well which is you know it sometimes seems at a at an opposing force to that but it is it is such an important thing isn't it a hundred percent and ideally we're trying to build a bigger community that understands the social entrepreneurship side of it Mm. and more people can then help and see the see the differences you can make as a big community rather than just individuals trying to do it. Yeah, and because realistically profit's not a bad thing because the more money you guys make, the more capacity you're going to have to give back. But if And if all businesses did that, imagine the scale of what we could be contributing as a 
community. Yeah, yeah we, we tried to put some control and measure points in at the start so we could track numbers and, you know, the impact we have had and just a few little things. So instead of doing a typical American hamburger, doing fully plant-based meals, we've now saved over 11 million litres of water, you know, 52,000 square metres of land. So it's just those little things that people don't necessarily have to adopt a full plant-based diet, but just eating with us or reducing can make a big difference on the environment that way. And then, um, you know, we've been able to hire over 1,500 hours now worth of um, homelessness clients that are on the street, just giving them an opportunity to get some work and some some stuff on their resume. And through that, we've, we've been able to get a, a couple of the clients housed just through being able to have us on the resume and extra job, a couple of other clients are into jobs now through that. So it's just some cool little stats like that that we've been able to sort of con- keep controlling and tracking. And for you, what was it about the Hutt Street Centre that appeals? You know, why is that partnership so strong there? It all started back when I did my sports rec and recreation and management degree in, at university. I had to do a community day and I teamed up with Hutt Street Centre about 12 years ago now for Touching Down for the Homeless. That's where the social entrepreneurship sort of started coming for me when I was um, – used to do a sales rep for a printing firm and I was also working with uh, just volunteering for the Hutt Street Centre and most times I would get into meetings with big clients. I'd be more speaking about trying to get them on board with the Hutt Street Centre for the events we've got coming up than trying to sell them any print. So <laughs> don't tell my boss and my ex-boss that, but um, it, it kind of got me thinking, how, can we, let's try and create a business around this. Um and West had just started playing AFL at that time and he jumped on board as an ambassador real early on. I went and did a lot of travel and Westy hanged around for four or five years whilst I was travelling, just um, being an ambassador role, just creating awareness and funds for homelessness around SA. And, yeah, it's just a partnership that we, we love what they do there. They're, they're so passionate. They're so, they've got such a great community in themselves and, yeah, we just wanted to help and support any way we could. And, um, yeah, this is sort of how, how Forage Supply Co. started. Probably for me as well, like being from the country, you tend to be a little bit naive of how people are actually living and how quickly things can unravel for someone. So I was, yeah, I've been involved with Hutt Street probably for about eight years now and it's a bit of an eye-opener, you know, for someone who doesn't really understand it to walk into the centre and see a area in there two times a day, you know, getting food because they can't afford it. So, um, and for us now to be able to provide a service to those guys is um, obviously pretty important and a pretty cool thing, you know, to go in there and to give these little packs out. Mm. And you recently during the Adelaide Fringe also coordinated uh, a fringe, you know, show exclusively at the Hutt Street Centre as well, which, you know, obviously that's giving them something that they wouldn't be able to have opportunity for. So, you know, what what was the motivation behind that? We kind of like to do little shows and everyone should get the opportunity to enjoy and have a bit of entertainment and we kind of just came up with this concept. We would love we would love to do it last year, but we it just takes a lot of time to organise. So came up with the concept of trying to give the clients an opportunity to see a free fringe show. So luckily with the relationships we've got with Gluttony Fringe, we threw the idea to them and they um, said they'd love the concept and gave us a, a tent for free, which was awesome. And then it was the... Um, the fun bit of trying to get some artists on board and that's where we teamed up with Matt Tarrant and he jumped on board and rounded up about five or six different artists to help throw this free show for the clients of the Hutt Street Centre and the volunteers there as well. So we ended up being able to raise about $1,000 on the day and opened up the gates to, I think we had about 150 people come through and we've got some great reports back from Hutt Street Centre the clients, are, again, people that had been in Adelaide for their whole life and never been able to afford to go see a show and just the smiles that they've seen and just when we go in there a bit, 
hearing them just come up and thank us and just be like, you know, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's, um, yeah. So you're, you're looking to implement a difference by helping people make sustainable lifestyle choices. Can you tell us and explain a little bit more about that? I think if you're looking at our food side, there's kind of like this argument between eating meat and what is to be a vegan and realistically they're never going to get along like really we're just looking to bridge the gap if it's meat and veg we're looking at veg and meat like it's a little simple alteration of words but we're just looking to bridge the gap between the two extremes and i think that's the best way to to look at it really um be a bit more sustainable um environmentally friendly and it's strange how you feel after doing that a little little step i think that's probably where we're coming from a little bit yeah we're trying to get rid of that stereotype of the sort of hippie style and we're just trying to showcase some small ways whether it's through food whether it's through wine whether it's through clothing whether it's through build that hey that might interact more with certain people and less with others but there might be ways that everyone can start introducing sustainable practices into their life and if we all introduce a little bit we're going to make a bigger difference and so we're just trying to create a community to help create a movement together to create a more sustainable future. And I think that's great because, I mean, personally, I do eat some meat, but I do also like to try and eat a lot of vegetarian meals because I think the thing is it's that understanding of what's available. There is now so many options of where you can get more plant-based vegetarian food. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I think even to extent where you're growing something in your backyard, if it's yeah. like... A couple of herbs or the small steps is always the best way to go i think and yeah we yeah just educate people to grow your own fruit and veg at home as well and how to do it and what's in season and mm-hmm. then utilizing that from the garden and obviously it's going to be organic and fresh and you know your own grown tomato tastes so much better than something from the um, supermarket yeah yeah and i think it is just giving people those bits and pieces of information about what's there so the next project as far as build how is that adding on and how are you going going about that this project is probably hopefully our most exciting and something we've been working on for a, you know close to probably two years um hopefully over the next couple of months we've got a project which we can showcase to everyone but um yeah i guess it's it's really sort of working out the maslow's hierarchy of needs to you you know you got your food your water all that and we're working up to self-actualization so forage itself has sort of been a lot down at the bottom with safety your needs and now we're working out the self-esteem and getting individuals back into society and give um, clients opportunities to get work through retail, through getting them certs in hospitality. At the moment, a lot of social housing is just, here's a house in the middle of it, might be in Elizabeth or somewhere, and they've got no real support, especially if they've got no family in the area. These little houses we're looking at, working with providers and social investors to give the clients opportunities to have their own space, safety of being able to lock stuff up. It's, it's like, like awesome architecture and they're all off the grid as well. So we're working on the environment side where using batteries and solar, using um, wastewater into grey water. So it's, it's a cool little concept that sort of brings in forage under one whole banner and then we, then we can work with the services that are trained to be able to then hopefully we can get some great rates of clients back getting back into society and we can start being a solution to help end poverty and get um, Adelaide hopefully zero homelessness by 2020 I think is a goal with the Don Dunstan Foundation. So Fantastic. But I, honestly, I just think as you're talking, how are you doing this and building a business? Because what you're talking about is very much the heavy social enterprise side unless, you know, you can get some really good investment in, in that 
how do you manage that? I mean, early on, yes, it, it has been it has been pretty well a full social enterprise, but maybe a little bit too social. Now through the um, in investment model, where we're now giving opportunities to social investors to be able to get return on investments through co-living, co-working spaces. So it can actually become a business model now too, whilst we can also have that social impact, can still stick strong through forage. Yeah, I think we've been lucky to have some awesome mentors in that space. And the other turn is those guys giving us opportunity to um, work with them and, and pushing a project, which, you know, it's probably never been seen really in Australia. So we've probably been really lucky with the guys that we've had um, mentoring us both on the business side and just giving us a great opportunity to um, showcase what we're trying to do. Mm. And on that business side, if someone else was asking you for advice, what's been like the key things that you've learned, you know, and like potentially from mistakes you've made or, you know, the advice people have given you? Yeah. Other people have a lot more experience in different fields. So if you can grab a little bit of advice from each person in that and not shut them down, if the way you think is right, it might actually be wrong. So listening to them and listening to their advice and, and yeah, it's really just taking that on board and not shutting down any bit of advice from anyone. If you can take a little bit and put that back into your business, you're going to create a stronger business. And it's just making mistakes. You know, you're going to make mistakes. It's, it's not going to be easy. And it's sort of like, don't be afraid of mistakes. Don't be afraid to fail. Like you're going to fail so many times. If you fail and you have a strong mission statement, just go back to it and realize, all right, Keep working through it. Look. And what about building the community around you, building up, you know, the partnerships that you have? What's been the best way of communicating what you're trying to do and get people on board? I think for us, we started small and we just worked on our community, probably more in the Brossa. We were able to build a great relationship with the colour schools um, down there and we were able to implement, implement our, our garden program, school-based garden program through them. And then we were able to showcase a little bit down in town with a few events. Yeah, we kind of nearly did it maybe a little bit in reverse. We had a concept and an idea. Um, so we teamed up with Frame um, to pretty well build a brand before we had any tangible anything to sell. So we just had this idea of a social enterprise and we put a lot of time and effort and money into building a brand, a name, mission and vision statements and building that before we actually had anything to really sell. So we've used a lot of film, teamed up with a lot of um, little agencies to do little 30-second minute films to tell our story. So little vids and um, photos and, you know, trying to tell stories through that. And we also like to go out and do like talks at restaurants or wineries or schools and just sort of help to help explain our story. Mm. I really like that concept that you developed the brand and the mission and your vision and really had a structure for your business before you necessarily had the business. Like how did that play out? Did that really, was that a valuable thing in the end to, you know, spend that money to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we'd still be going if, if we didn't do that. Yeah. It just made us made it easier to mould our business around that and just keep us focused on what we're trying to actually do. Yeah. We didn't actually know how or where we where this where this journey was going to take us realistically. But we put in, you know, your, your short-term, long-term goals. We had a five-year sort of business plan to where we wanted to get to. So we just started ticking boxes and f- figuring out, you know, crowdfunding. We managed to crowdfund 15 grand for a school-based garden. We got a grant from Beyond Bank. So, you know, we just started ticking and finding different ways that we could raise funds, raise money, and it's just organically grown to how we can now turn this social enterprise into a, a business. If you spoke to any business advisors, they would just look at us and just shake their heads and say we're crazy. And so I guess we just had to sort of go on our own beliefs and passion and just work through that because it was such a unique, strange business model 
pretty well it's, we're going to start a vegan food truck in the Bryce and give all our profits back to homeless shelters. People were like, well, you're not going to last six months. It, it, it seemed like a crazy business model. It felt like we were faking it for a long time, really. And it still, still yeah. sometimes feels like we're But that's like, imposter yeah. syndrome. You're just, you're just doubting yourself. You've got it. You've got this. Okay, well, thank you so much. In conclusion, though, I'd like you to share your be the drop tip now be the drop tip is because um be the drop is based on my favorite saying which is a waterfall begins with one drop so it's all about having that passion which you guys have got i feel like it so resonates with what you're doing in your model but having that passion and then bringing people along to create a waterfall so what would you say is your be the drop tip for the top way to help people come on your journey we always use the stories not stereotypes um saying which is everyone's got a story so if it's uh, someone that's on the street, listen to their story, listen to how they got there, work with them. If it's someone trying to, you know, not use plastics and that, listen to their story, why are they doing it? So just sit down and actually take five minutes to listen to why they're doing it and don't just jump on your back foot if it doesn't quite sit that well with you. I think that's something that it's so valuable to actually just sit down. You might necessarily agree with it, but listen to their story and take it and see if you can come in from their angle a little bit. That's well said, Scotty. Yeah, just probably. <laughs> well, thank you so much and all the best. I really hope, you know, great successes for what you're doing. Thanks Cheers. very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. <laughs>